Welcome to a special bonus episode of Games We Grew Up With. We're calling Chris's Tech Talk because we can't think of a better name. Rather than the usual routine of my sister and I playing through some video games we played as kids and reevaluating them, I'll be joined by some guests and we'll discuss the technology behind video games. This episode will be following up our Chuck Yeager's Air Combat episode with a discussion of flight simulator games and what it takes to make them, then we'll evaluate how well Chuck Yeager held up. So this episode, I'm joined by two of my co-workers, Steve Moss and Steve Naylor. So, Steve Naylor, who I'm just going to call Naylor, since you're both Steves, and that'll make life easier. Tell us a little bit of your background with simulation, airplanes, and video gaming. Yeah, so I've wanted to be an aerospace engineer ever since I can remember, and I know that's a little unusual, but... I think it was about eighth grade uh, when I decided that A, aerospace engineering was a thing, and B, that I absolutely wanted to do it. And further, I wanted to work with military aircraft. So, you know, I grew up having the model planes hanging from the ceiling uh, that I built to various stages of completion. And, you know, just thought about working on, on aircraft and specifically military aircraft for a long time. And that put me through college got me through the, the aerospace curriculum, and I went all the way through, uh, stayed for a long time to get a master's <laughs> and finally a PhD. So I, I got a lot of schooling, but and, and it wasn't all in the area of uh, military aircraft. Some of it was. But when I got done with schooling, I... I really wanted to work with military aircraft, and as you said, you know, working for the Navy on flight simulation is just, you know, it just it just fit in with what I've, maybe not what I dreamed of of doing, you know, because I wasn't that specific. I just wanted to deal with aircraft, but right, being on military base and, you know, maybe not interacting with these aircraft directly, but through through multiple, multiple pilots that come use a simulator and through all kinds of problems that we get to solve with the simulator. Um, really a neat, neat career field that I fell into. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great job. <laughs> it is. And, and people come through and they, you know, the joke is always, oh, you get to play with a video game all day. And, and you know, a small percentage of that statement is true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like to admit it often, but uh, yeah, and 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 you know, gaming. I I gravitated toward uh, flight sims as they came out, and and I'm a bit older. Um, I do recall having Chuck Yeager's Air Combat as one of the flight sims growing up. Um, <laughs> I do remember one time, well, when I first got the job uh, mm-hmm. working on the F-18 simulators, ran out and bought. Jane's F-18 Air Combat, I think it's called. Um, yeah, producer Kyle likes to talk about that one a lot. Yeah, and fired that up. And uh, I guess we'll get to it, but there's there's a big difference between <laughs> what, you can, <laughs> what you can buy off the shelf and what what the uh, U.S. government has put, poured a lot of money and, and effort into, uh, into Who knew? building. Yeah. <laughs> so our other guest today is uh, Steve Moss. Moss, what can you tell us about your background in uh, simulators and gaming? 
Well, I would say similarly, I always knew I wanted to be an engineer. I think I was largely influenced by Launchpad McQuack and wanted to be aerospace for partially <laughs> that reason, which doesn't make any sense, but it's true. Um, and I have worked on the F-18 simulation for the U.S. Navy for my whole career, and it is uniquely satisfying to learn so much about how the aircraft works mm-hmm. and see how... And pl- going back and playing the Jaeger game, I mean, you could see that it's based on the same concept, but it's very interesting to see how they were able to take that and put it into such a simple, a simple Package. computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they were so much slower back then. Right. So, yeah, I guess I should give my background, since I don't think I've done that formally in the podcast yet, uh, kind of alluded to the fact that uh, I worked with simulators and kind of the same thing. I always wanted to work with airplanes growing up. I wanted to be a fighter pilot growing up and then got glasses when I was in like fourth grade, I think. So that put the kibosh on that pretty early. So just went into engineering instead. Yeah, I've been working for the Navy pretty much my entire career. Kind of bounced around to, to a bunch of different platforms. I worked on uh, E2 for a little bit and uh, T-45 and F-18 now. So very, very different aircraft from themselves. So that's been kind of interesting. So it gives kind of a, yeah, definitely a unique perspective on on flight simulator games and stuff like that. So I guess in, in addition to my undergrad degree in uh, aerospace, I also ended up with a master's of engineering in modeling and simulation through uh, Old Dominion, which was kind of a neat perspective as well, especially since, uh, you know, all of our background is in flight sims and deterministic sims. And this was a degree that had half in like statistical stuff, which is something that we had never dealt with before. So that's that's always interesting as well. And I think, Moss, you went through that program all the way, right? Yeah, I got that same degree. I even had one of the professors tell me that what we do isn't simulation at all because it's all deterministic. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> what, what you're doing is just physics, gosh. <laughs> and as they always tell us, all simulators are bad and lies, but some of them are better than others. So Some, some are useful. So I think that's a good transition to, to say, what what is a flight simulator? And I'm going to be lazy and give the Wikipedia answer. It says, a flight simulator is a device that artificially recreates aircraft flight and the environment in which it flies. For pilot training, design, or other purposes, it includes replicating the equations that govern how aircraft fly, how they react to applications of flight controls, the effects of other aircraft systems, and how the aircraft reacts to external factors such as air density, turbulence, wind shear, cloud participation, cloud precipitation, etc. (laughs) Cloud participation, you know. (laughs) When it participates by sending in water. Yes. Hey, sometimes they participate. I don't know. So basically what that that boils down to is it's you're simulating how an aircraft flies through different environments. Obviously with with most basic flight sims, you you know, take out about half of that, right? So like or, the ones that we work with or yeah, yeah, exactly. So But there are some there are some elements that you that are common that you absolutely right. need. You know, and and that, that's yeah. a pretty good definition. Um, you know, you need you need some kind of physical model of the aircraft 
can be very basic, can be pretty complex, you know, and that, that can vary. But you also need some out-the-window reference so that you know what you're doing. Uh, even if it's just a, a wireframe HUD representation or something, you need a right. horizon. Uh, it, it, well, you know, I, I'll back up a little bit. Maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe it depends on what you're using the simulation for. Um, sometimes we do, in our jobs, as you know, we do uh, some offline simulation and that's you know that's a a desktop you know very boring looking computer program right. that we just run and there's no there's no horizon or anything it's all just numbers and it's all data that comes out of the sim and you know we're able to plot it and sure you can visualize visualize it later but it's not necessary for the task right. all the time to have that so that i think that's that's kind of a key, right? You know, a, a simulator, flight sim, even flight simulators, you can you can narrow down to a specific system. Maybe you're only looking at the engine response. Maybe you're only looking at uh, flight controls response. Um, so there's different pieces you could pull out sometimes. Not necessarily applying to gaming because you know that's not what most people would consider fun. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a it's a valid flight simulation if right. you want to call it that. I mean, even think of like the old link trainers that, you know, didn't have any visuals and it was just supposed to simulate instrument flying. Right. And I mean, right. those were super, yep. super basic. And I, I should backtrack real quick and, and nail what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the offline stuff, that's typically not in real time. So we could run that as fast or as slow as we need to based on how complicated we, we need or want it to be. Yeah, it's, the speed is based on the mathematical computation. Yep. Con- Mathematical yeah. complexity. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and as opposed to ones, you know, flight simulator games, especially I won't say especially, but eh, or ones that are in a pilot in the loop setting, you'd need those to run in real time, or else it's just annoying and not fun and not helpful and or not yeah. controllable. Right. Yes. Wanted to talk a little bit about the, uh, I guess, the different complexities, right? And if you in a gaming environment, if you put out a, let's say, let's say you have an unlimited budget and time, mm-hmm. right? And you put out a really, really high fidelity, and I will say Falcon 4.0, was that what it was called? Or 6.0? Mm-hmm. It had a number after it. It was an F-16 oh, yeah, simulation yeah. back in early yeah. 90s, I think, um, that really, really tried to ramp up the, the simulation, you know, fidelity. the, the yeah. fidelity, yes, of the simulation. I think DCS does that to some point, yeah. some degree today. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that, you know, you, you're appealing certainly to a, a, a crowd that, that loves that kind of thing. But but you might be, in my opinion, limiting yourself for mass appeal because the more fidelity you add, typically, yeah, the, the harder the it is The better pilot you actually need to, to be. <laughs> and the more you expect from the, the model, too. And we found that it, in our jobs... It, Whenever we add fidelity in an area uh, to make a model better or to make it more representative of the aircraft, invariably, if it's if it's done well, someone will look at it and go, "Wow, that's really cool," but it doesn't do this. <laughs> but, but that was never the intention yeah. to to add that extra, you know, icing on the cake. But it kind of uncovers yeah, the other flaws in the model. Yes. Or 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 yeah, or highlights where you didn't take right. the model to all the way to high fidelity so anyway it's uh that's a, that, that could be a challenge for a, i would imagine a game designer to to really 
draw the line somewhere between playability and um, and yeah. fidelity. And you know, some choose to go, like I said, DCS has chosen probably to go more towards the fidelity part. Right for that super super niche uh, kind of flight simulator crowd. You know, the people that have the big, right, right. You know, hundred dollar hotas on their desk yeah. and and the rudder pedals and all the other things. Right, and build up their cockpits yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But Chuck Chuck Yeager's, I mean, that was a that was a uh, a victim of you know computing power, probably right. to a large degree. Um, but I think they chose, you know, to make it very playable. Right. Right. And also uh, controllability. I mean, you talked about this in the podcast, like there's no rudder pedal input at all in that game. No, that's like, the, which is turns are coordinated for you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it made me think of doing F-18 stuff at, at work where it's just like, oh yeah, the rudder pedal, you get someone in that cockpit. They're like, just don't touch the rudder pedals. It'll take care of it for you. Yeah. But then when I do, like, the other platform that I work on, the T-45, I think I refer to that as a normal God-fearing aircraft that you have to do all of the flying yourself. And that, that is interesting, yeah, that you didn't necessarily see that in, in Chuck Yeager where, like, you could put it into, you know, it, you could you could hold your attitude incredibly easily, right? Like, that was one thing that I noticed. It's like, go nose up and you're kind of fine. Yeah, all the access were neutral yeah. stability. Yeah. Pull it up and it, you put it where it, it stays where you put it. And you roll into a bank. The spiral mode was neutrally stable. The yeah, no... pitch was neutrally stable. Yeah. it was very. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's a linear uh, flight model with very basic flight controls. And the way that they change planes, quote unquote, uh, between a Messerschmitt or a P-51 or whatever, would be just to change like the thrust gains and the. Uh, the max rates and things like that on. And so I guess we should talk like what, what goes into a flight simulator? Like it kind of, kind of said in that basic definition, you've got, you've got like a performance model and a, a very basic sense. You've got like a performance model for the aircraft itself, which, you know, is, is things like, yeah, thrust, wing loading, lift, stuff like that. Then you've got, you need the equations of motion in a background, right? So like, how does it actually turn that performance model into flight. The other half of it is you hook that output into and out the window. Right. And that's, yeah. I feel like that's almost more important in a video game sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Microsoft Flight Simulator, the brand new, the 2020 version. I mean, it's eye candy. Yeah. Right? It's the, the, the out the window stuff is Phenomenal. outstanding. Yeah. I think the flight models are probably, you know, I haven't tried it myself, but may, you know, maybe they're better, but I wouldn't expect them to be as much of a jump as the visuals were right you know in, ter- in terms of fidelity so and and really people i don't think in large part care about that as much you know the 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 real joy i'll say in flying is is what you see when you're flying there you know it's, since you can't you can't feel it in a video game you can't feel the sensations or the right the, which the is in- incredibly about important what you see to yeah. actual pilots yeah but obviously, unless you're in a full motion simulator, which is incredibly difficult to do well. Yes, under underline yeah. well. You can do a yeah, motion simulator, right? Yeah. <laughs> it just won't be good, and the pilots will hate it. it. Is... And they'll possibly yeah, get sick is... or hurt themselves. Yeah. And it is very tough, uh, especially in an airplane that pulls sustained mm-hmm. Gs to to even to even come close to that. Uh, it, you can try motion seats and things like that, but that's 
you know, you start to get in, and, and guys with setups, maybe they, they, maybe they get into that kind of stuff. I wouldn't garage. even be surprised. Uh, and should explain, yeah, real really quick, parts. things like uh, a motion seat would be things that you actually kind of see in, in a lot of rides and theme parks, like just kind of on a slightly smaller scale. I mean, that's also a, a full motion sim, essentially. You're, you're spoofing motion with little movements on a, you know, two or three axis system to just kind of simulate enough how how that motion would feel. And a motion seat typically just goes up and down on, like, you know, sliders, I guess, based on whatever programming is in it. So you could kind of feel some some G-forces in the seat of your pants, at least up and down-wise, I guess. It doesn't really get the... the... Or at least the initial onset of the G-forces. Yeah. Right. Sorry, what were you going to say, Moss? Oh, I was just going to say a good example of that motion seat is the Star Tours ride at Disney World. Right. That is the motion base and the whole thing moves on a bunch of pistons. And the difference between that and simulation is that the designers of that system know what's going to happen next, so they know when they can recenter it. Right. In a, in a, in a sim, you don't know what the pilot's going to do next, so you have to get back to the center quickly without being noticed, and that causes right. all kinds of problems. I was just actually going to bring up another Disney ride, the uh, the new Avatar ride. Uh, it's it's funny because I've written it a couple times, and I'm pretty sure since I kind of know what's going to happen, you know, visually, I've actually spent a bunch of time looking at what the ride itself is doing to try to match that up. And that's always really neat because that thing, it'll drop you maybe a good, like, four to six feet. It knows wow. how to get back to neutral and when it can, but it's like, you know, obviously you need to go back to neutral with just enough forces to make you think that you're not moving. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it, it was really cool to watch that and really, really nerdy to watch it. <laughs> Since we're talking Disney, isn't there one more uh, that the emulates a yeah, lot of space? Yeah, Mission Space. Okay, so that's a, that's on a uh, yes. centrifuge. So yes. in that case, you can model sustained Gs. Right. Um, but again, like you said, it's 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 the, it's already laid out. The, mm -hmm. It's a script, right? right. The, the ride is a script, so you can very you can tune in really precisely where you want to speed up and slow down that centrifuge, and do it in a way that minimizes any kind of disorientation. I mean, even then, I flew a centrifuge with an F-18 simulation in it one time, and they even had it limited to four Gs. But even so, I found it to be incredibly disorienting when you were loading and unloading the Gs. Huh rapidly like i was trying to chase mm -hmm. a target and i didn't throw up but i thought <laughs> i was going to it was just not very yeah. very quickly i mean the the entire run lasted less than five minutes and i was already <laughs> i was already in bad shape by the time that was over yeah i think you do get some of that even in mission space where you you t you do the launch and then you're in zero g's and then but to do that it spins on the on its axis and that that's what gives you that, that tumbling feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you're overall, in, and we've, we've kind of dropped into the to motion system hole, mm -hmm. you know, a yes. rabbit hole, but overall, in a motion system, if you don't have the motion cues line up with the visual cues, that is a surefire recipe to to make yes. someone sick. And and that, that, when I say line up, that tolerance can be pretty tight. That can be less than 100 milliseconds of mm -hmm. difference will will cause badness. So that's that's the challenge, really. And and you know, lining up 
magnitudes is is I'll say less of a challenge. Uh, you can you can fool your body into thinking there's more going on than there really is, but but it's got to happen. The onset, like like Moss was saying earlier, the onset has to be there with right. the visuals. <laughs> that's that's critical. The majority of what we do is fixed based. We call it. You know, there's no motion at all. And sometimes people, if they're not if they're standing off to the side and watching someone fly, even that because they're not feeling anything, they're they're seeing all the motion. It starts to get them queasy, and they just and in that case you can you can close your eyes and everything will be better because you won't see anything. Right. Well, and that that's another thing where the eye point of those sims is is critical. So like the eye point is at where the pilot is sitting, and if you're not at that eye point. Again, bad things happen. Yeah. Things can look bad. Yeah, and, and a good example of that is the recent uh, Blue Angel footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hosted the Blue Angels in the sim, and they put a camera, a 360 camera, on top of the canopy bow. And that is not the design <laughs> eye point for that visual system. No, and, it is goofy looking. You know, and, and to their defense, you know, there's there is no good place to put that right. in there uh, to mount it. You know, it's, if you look at that video that they released, the public affairs folks, it's just the the imagery looks like it it looks terrible, <laughs> and it's just because yeah, it's like you said, it's because that camera's not at the eye point. If you if you sit in the eye point or or view right. it from the eye point, it it looks it looks very good, it looks seamless. All the things you don't have to worry about when you're making a flight sim for a computer, or do you? I mean, if that you is have true. If you monitors, have multiple monitors, I guess it does come into effect and i you know i feel like probably things like dcs would be able to fix that but i mean obviously well older flight sims you're not going to have that sort of fidelity or chance to do that anyways i mean yeah and and it becomes quickly like is that the the developer's problem or is that your problem trying to integrate with your desktop right yeah if they never intended that so so going into things like we've talked about very high fidelity sims and, and what goes into them. Some of these lower fidelity sims like like Chuck Yeager, like any video game. I mean, I think I had, oh, it was called like Aces Over Europe or something, like an old Xbox game. Yes. No, yes. Blazing, no, Blazing Angels or some, whatever it was. And it's like there's not even like a, like you can't roll. It's like it almost feels like a space sim where you just it coordinates all your turns and you slew around like you yaw around. Yeah. There was a Star Wars, oh, it was a Star Wars crazy. game like that. There was a Star Wars game like that. You'd roll and fly a while and it would just like recenter your roll to be level. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I feel like X-Wing and TIE Fighter and all those kind of did that. Um, I actually just started playing the new Star Wars flight sim game, uh, Star Wars Squadrons. And oh. that one, it, the basic control is, your yaw is on your left thumbstick, and your... Oh, I'm sorry. No, your roll is your left thumbstick, and your pitch and yaw are on your right thumbstick. And it okay. absolutely drives me crazy. And I was looking up, apparently, just how they mechanize their flight model. If you try to do the roll and pitch on the same flight stick, it just doesn't work. Like, something about if you try to go into the corners, it just absolutely kills any sort of roll or pitch performance. <laughs> So that's been weird. Well, I like how space simulators, you brought up X-Wing. Um, I always thought it was interesting, space simulators, you would roll to a wing's level. 
Yeah. There, there, there was a, <laughs> a, felt like there was a horizon, and I'm going, where are what's we? going yeah. on here? I shouldn't... There's no horizon. We could, you could, Okay, but they it was just... just pick uh, something. I, and they probably actually pulled a, um, you know, pulled code from a flight simulator. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's, it felt like that anyway. I, I was trying to figure out, I really, really wish that the source code for Chuck Yeager existed somewhere. Like, I tried to find it and could not, because I'm super interested on i know on how they did stuff because um i don't know if you guys looked there's a a window that you could open that's like an envelope window like in in the middle of the game and it'll show like a little dot on where in the flight envelope for that given aircraft you are so like there's you know the overstress side and the stall side and then you know the, the good side and that those those triangles grow and shrink based on you know altitude airspeed g's and stuff like that yeah, it lets you get to the corner yeah. speed, right? And it's like, so how how is that something like that modeled? Like, I mean, is it just, is it things like, uh, I'll say like lookup tables? So that's, that's what that is, is you've got just these gigantic data tables that are multi-dimensional. Thank you. Multi-dimensional tables. So based on inputs of, you know, two or three things, it'll spit out a value for lift or drag or something like that. So that's inputs of like current speed, current altitude, current G, uh, do you have your flaps down, something like that. So that's a way to do it, right? But that's can be uh, very computationally expensive. So what what are the other ways that you can you can do basic simulations like that? Yeah, I would I would imagine those are are more state space mm-hmm. related, you know, very linear model and and the things that they want to do are, are spit out with either linear equations or, or basic polynomial equations. And then those those flight envelopes were probably, um, yeah, looked up in a table pretty basically. Mm-hmm. And then you can put your flight condition as a dot on there and just draw it right. in real time. I don't, think, I don't think there's large tables in this sim, mainly because the overall size of the thing I was... <laughs> I was dumbfounded by how how small the actual yeah. program was. I mean, it, you know, you compare and a lot of those graphics. I know, but you compare a game today. Oh yeah. To what that was, I I was I I sat there and <laughs> stared at that for for a while. I, I was, mean, the I application impressive. I downloaded to read my Xbox controller and convert it into keyboard inputs was three times the size of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was something. <laughs> yeah, they just went out and got that game port. Input. Yeah directly and use that yeah so yeah you figure you you figure this game probably had yes very very basic equations of motion um i i noticed and it was i was i was trying to take notes uh evaluating it like things like speed of sound they had an equation for that or i guess maybe a basic lookup because that did change with altitude Mm -hmm. which i thought was kind of neat and that's Mm -hmm. a simple equation though well that's true the hardest part (laughs) I mean, you I mean, say that, and that's not a that's computationally, not <laughs> computationally. Yeah. Computationally, the square root's the only expensive part. I mean, this is probably on hardware where dividing was computationally expensive. It's like you go back and look through old code, and it's like, well, we didn't want to divide, so we just already made a variable that was one over that variable, so we could multiply it because that was easier and faster. And faster, yeah. We we've touched on this, but how? What are good ways to tell? a good flight simulator model from a bad one. We talk about this at work sometimes, you know, is it a, does it fly like a video game? 
or does it fly like a, a real simulator? And that, maybe that's unfair to some video games, but you know, everybody kind of knows right. what you're talking about. Oh, you know, a video so game. So yeah, yeah. Describe that when when you, you say know. flies like a video game. What what is that? Well, kind of like yeah. Chuck Berry. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's that it's that real uh, neutral stability. And when I say that, I'm talking about you know when you when you pull back on the stick, and the aircraft pitches up. That's all good. Love that. Um. And then you let go. There's no response after mm-hmm. that. There's, you know, the the aircraft, a real aircraft, will have all kinds of of stuff moving around, or you know, um, hunting or seeking. There's there's things like short period frequencies. There's you know, there's all kinds of dynamics going on when you give mm-hmm. an input like that. Uh, and and uh, when something when I describe something as flying like a video game, a lot of those dynamics are removed. And you you pull up and you let go and it stays. Right. You know, and you can track a target very precisely. You can, you know, there's no there's no oscillation, there's mushiness no to the controls. There's no there's no change in how the controls respond based on airspeed or and you know some some of those factors a designer might choose to put in there. If you've flown a lot of simulators, you can kind of tell. Oh look, they tried to emulate you know a mock effect right. here by having the nose pitch you know or whatever and it's 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 fun to pick those out and see them you know as, as attempts to to add what i'll call not fake fidelity but just add some some right. traits that would that would let you feel like you're you're having a higher fidelity model than you really well, are because chuck yeager had stalls um, so that was something that and that's I'm, right i'm yep. curious how it how it mechanized the stall because i mean it's one of those things there's clearly you know, uh, things like if it did do things like your if your gear and flaps were down, your stall speed was lower. So was it just you know a number? Right. But I thought it was funny too that when, you, when I lowered the flaps, I didn't feel like I got any more lift. I just yes, got drag. That is, and <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's was, a thing that if you're, that yeah, go to fly like a video game. It's like all right, the flaps slow you down, and in a very basic level, check. yeah, check exactly, <laughs> and maybe it'll decrease the stall speed but yeah you don't get extra lift or anything like that yeah they didn't help me take off (laughs) right exactly i I was trying to figure out i spent not that long i was trying to figure out if there was any ground effect in this game which i think was you know there was no chance there was going to be but mostly as an excuse to buzz around at like you know half a wingspan sure sure I like how you could land anywhere. That's kind of, but that's not. In their defense, that's not the point of the right, game. Exactly. Right, exactly. Air combat. Well, that's what and... I even said in in the main episode. Is I don't even mind the the primitive graphics that much, on the ground, since the the cockpits were modeled fairly decently. Oh yeah, cockpits were gorgeous for the time. Yeah, yeah if you're up and away dogfighting, like yeah, the, I guess the other the other aircraft is a low poly model. But you're not looking at the ground. You're trying to figure out where the other aircraft yep. are. So. Yep. And the instruments were. I, I, I noted. I didn't note it at the time, but looking back now, how much attention was paid to the different aircraft's mm-hmm. instrument panels uh, was impressive, and they, they were really modeled. I thought very oh, well yeah. for the time. Uh, the other aircraft that you were shooting at, <laughs> not, you know, less so comparatively. <laughs> But I remember, you know, at the time, it was a really cool game because nothing like that mm-hmm. was out and, and, and had that kind of capability at the time, I don't think. 
I did think one thing that this game did, I won't say well, but did better than other flight sims is you can't you can't fly a knife edge being you can't fly at 90 degree roll and and stay at whatever altitude you are. You always drop away and not have lift when that happens, which I played many games where you just go up on one wing and you're just flying perfectly straight. And you're like, well, and it's kind of the same thing where if you just pitch up and it just holds that pitch. I mean, modern flight control systems can do that, well, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a desirable flying quality to have as a Yes, but a, a P-51 like, is not going to be able to do that. Right. <laughs> and automatic <laughs> trimming and all that stuff, you know. So what what is trim? We keep saying that because some games have it, some games don't. I say the high, high fidelity ones will have it. But what what does it mean when we're we're trimming an aircraft? Well, when you change speed in an air, in a typical non high uh, high performing aircraft with modern flight control systems, if you're if it's a normal, as you put earlier, a normal God fearing airplane, <laughs> if you change speed, you need to change the position of your control surfaces slightly, um, and mainly the tail. And <clears throat> the way it's done traditionally is through a little trim tab there's a little tab on the back of the elevator that moves mm. up and down and you do that with a either electronically with a motor uh there's a a button or a switch on your troll column that will that will turn on a motor that mm. moves that surface or you can have a wheel like in a, in a cessna there's a little wheel down between the seats that you can turn this wheel and it'll move that tab and by moving that tab, you, you zero out the forces uh, on your control column. So that's so essentially... If you change speed, yeah, you're zeroing out the forces in your, right. in your control column in a short short explanation. So it's, you can essentially and, fly straight and, and level at any given time. And that, that changes with, with, with no, no input. With no correct, force yeah. on the control column. <laughs> yeah. And you can do that in a roll axis, too. If you're, if you're uh, carrying a tank or a bomb on one wing and not the other... You're either going to hold the stick or yoke to one side the entire flight until you release that thing, or not. Or flying. Or you can trim out the ailerons and zero out those forces. So and how often do you or, think roll asymmetry... Sorry, go ahead, Moss. I was going to say, or you change the throttle se- setting on a repeller aircraft, it's going to have the same effect. Right, exactly. And that's definitely something that they're not modeling, clearly. Well, I was going to say, how many games even model um, just lateral asymmetry in general? Like, you'd think that that would be a simple thing, but I feel like... It's I mean, I, that's that's one thing I looked at at Chuck Yeager. It's like, well, if I fire a missile, is it going to give me any sort of roll? And it didn't, but part of that is, yeah, there's no trim mechanics, so I guess that wouldn't really be that fair, but... But... <laughs> True. The, the other way to look for that is to then put in a lot of aft stick abruptly and see if it rolls off unexpectedly. Oh, man, no, you're going. Way. No, yeah, that's... I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I love fidelity. <laughs> well, no, and I was saying, like, what what are... The, these are tests, like, if you... If regular Joe uh, video game player wants to see, it's like, is this a good flight model? Like, sure, there's things like drop a bomb. See how how well you fly. Is it asymmetric? Um, burn fuel down. Yeah, change, change airspeed. Air speed. Do you have to change pitch? Yeah. I did try to see yeah. because fuel was a thing in Chuck Yeager. I have no idea if it affected you at all. I think it was just a number. I think it was just time. Yeah, because yeah. I was trying to figure out if that if your if that envelope changed at all. 
with with a fuel change. Oh yeah, if you thrust a weight change, the yeah. weight went down or anything like that. Yeah. And I feel like some of the like probably DCS will model that. I I don't know if again I haven't had a chance to play the new Microsoft Flight Sim to see if any of that's in there. No, I've been pretty much disallowed from playing Flight Sim since. <laughs> All I do is pay money for it and then go and then complain about it. <laughs> That's, I, I think Naylor alluded to that earlier in the discussion, and, and I'm kind of the same way. It's like we, we're used to this really, really nice high-fidelity model at work, and then you go home and play something else, and you're like, oh, God, how hard is this to play and, you know, step back and not complain about it all the time? Exactly. That's that's yeah. the key, right? You got to appreciate that it's a that it's a game, and you, it's not trying to be, you know, the, the model every nuance and and characteristic of the aircraft. But but it's hard, like you say, to to get that out of your mind when you've flown it, or you know, you're working on it and flying it all yeah. day every day. And <laughs> I imagine I imagine airline pilots have the same same problem when they try to try to. I guess Microsoft Flight Simulator has you know several airlines modeled and they probably have the same issue with uh of course they're pilots they're not simulator <laughs> simulator engineers but yeah I, I imagine it's the same way so uh brian the guest we had in the chuck yeager episode who was who was a pilot uh we were talking about the the yaw axis and how it didn't exist in the game and he's like i'm okay with that because anytime you get deep into the yaw axis you know i, I think it boiled down to it's like essentially it just feels like work and that's not what i want to do <laughs> Interesting, or things or things have gone horribly wrong. Yeah, and you're you're not uh, in a fun game anymore. You're trying to handle an emergency. <laughs> Do you guys have any other thoughts about um, kind of what goes into a flight sim? What what is a good or bad flight sim in video games, or you know, just flight simulator video games in general? I know I kind of separate them into almost two categories. There's flight simulators, and then there's flying arcade games. Yeah, and that's that's a, that kind of goes along with what I said earlier about you know it flies like a video game, mm-hmm. and it, if it does that, then it's more your what you're calling an arcade arcade type game, and then and a, a DCS or a, or a, to some extent Microsoft Flight Simulator maybe um, actually trying to model the actual flight experience. It's a very different task and, and produces a different product, you know. And that's it's all it's all what you're aiming you for. Yeah, yeah. I will say there was one point that I kind of forgot to bring up. There's a big dependency or a big uh, factor that that goes into a flight simulator, and that's the feel of this control stick. Oh yeah. And I think you know most video game flight simulators, you have a joystick that you buy, you know, off the shelf. And they have little to no control feel. Now, there's two two types of control feel. One is one is a reversible system, you know, a, a reversible meaning the the arrow forces that are felt on the control surfaces feed back into mm-hmm. the stick. So the faster you go, the harder it is to pull. Right. That kind of thing. That's a that's a whole nother level of fidelity that really really adds to not only how the aircraft airplane flies and behaves but the overall impression or, or feel of the of the right. sim itself can really be improved if you can somehow pull that off through through hardware um the other aspect is just the the throw of the 
control stick itself. Like a joystick will move, I don't know, a couple of inches, right, in, in mm-hmm. each axis. And you know, an F-18's control stick is, for example, is is probably 20 some inches to from the grip to the pivot point, and it moves five inches aft and two and a half forward. You know, it's it's got a very specific range of travel, and it's you know, it's upwards of 30 pounds to pull it all the way aft. And that's, you're not going to get that at all on, on a gaming right. you know, setup. And someone who can achieve that through, through uh, springs or motors or whatever in their garage is, has, I'll say, vaulted themselves up on a, on a cliff of fidelity, you know, the, uh, raised themselves up. Significantly. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's lost on a lot of people. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, register because you're not used to being in a either in the aircraft right. or in the uh, high fidelity cockpit. That is that is one of the main things, which if you're using like a gamepad or a controller or something like that, you could kind of get away with because you're you're not. It's that separation between the actual aircraft or a high fidelity simulator and and what you have. So it's like it instantly automatically feels more like an arcade game. So you could kind of block that off. I see. You can yeah. switch your brain to, to in, go in my brain, anyways. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like using a joystick yeah. that has a very light spring and a very small throw is yeah incredibly, incredibly disorienting. I mean, even when we do desktop stuff know, for our stuff, it's it's hard right, harder right. to fly the aircraft with a regular joystick because it's not meant for that. Oh, and it almost behaves like yeah. a different aircraft when that happens. You know, you're. And we've we've done it. We've tried to put that high fidelity model, the same one that we fly mm-hmm. pilots in, into a I'll say a lower fidelity cockpit uh, for portability reasons or whatever, where the stick does not behave like the stick does. And even if it's off a little bit, it throws the whole thing off almost to the point where it's not usable. I mean, we we can do some things, but yeah, it's tough. I was going to bring really up the tough. stick feel is something that we get if it's not correct we get called out on it by pilots almost immediately <laughs> immediately i put it in the top three yes complaints. it is it's it is interesting how how much muscle memory goes into that and how it's oh into their defense that's the interface yeah exactly that is the interface right and so you got to get that right so i have a question that i'm going to ask both of you start with moss what is your favorite flight sim my favorite flight sim is the one I work on. I mean, there's just no contest. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite flight sim game. Other than that, game. Um, Someone, if, oh. if some person could magically go out and get a video game and not have to break into a government facility, what was <laughs> what would be your favorite flight sim? And the follow-up question is, is it because it's fun or because it's realistic? Oh, it'll be because it's fun. Because as 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 your friend Brian said, like if it's too realistic, it becomes work. And <laughs> I don't play video games to do work. <laughs> I want to do it because it's. I, I mean, I I would say X Wing for that reason because it's fun to shoot lasers. I mean, what what am I supposed to say? That's fair enough. What about you, Naylor? What is your your favorite flight sim that you've ever played? I probably had the most fun playing 
Aces over Europe. Okay, yeah, I know. I think I know that and, one. And I think I think the reason, if I look back on it, and I haven't played it in geez, twenty or thirty, well, twenty years <laughs> at least. Um, I think the reason was because I don't think you could play any anybody else on that, could you? I don't remember if that was I don't remember, yeah. Ones. But anyway, I was playing it in a in an environment where there were other people at least watching. Mm-hmm. And it was it was in our grad school offices. Oh, that's uh, fun. You know, kind of after hours type. You know, into the mm-hmm. evening we would play it, and um, you know, just seeing, just trying to to complete the missions and and do you know and kind of compare how well we did the missions. And it was so. What I'm getting at is. It was the social aspect I got of you. the game. We were all mm-hmm. aerospace engineers, and but we weren't critiquing the flight right. models. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was it was a fun game, and we were it was and it was made more so by by virtue of there were other people involved. Mm-hmm. Put it that way, you know. So I think having that social aspect to it, rather you're you're not in your basement. With the lights out, playing a game <laughs> by yourself. Although that mm-hmm. can be fun, it's just it, I felt that was more fun when it was being shared with others in, in cool. some manner. Yeah, and uh, that was that was a real fun game for me. We played that a lot. Uh, we also played mm-hmm. X Wing. I I I love that one because it tied back to the movies. Right. You know, and you could you could blow up the Death Star, and you <laughs> you know you were you were you were quote unquote in the movie. Right. You know, and and so that had an extra. So I guess, to me, the games that are more fun have an extra level or layer to them mm-hmm. uh, that takes them past whatever their their intent or their their goal is on the on paper, you right. know, in the box. Yeah, I mean, I played. I played. Probably mine would be either Tie Fighter for the same reason you're talking about X Wing because it's the same thing with that. You're. It's like you're in the movie environment, and Tie Fighter was. I mean, it had better graphics than than X-Wing. So, and that's just the one that I played a ton growing up. And then I think that or the the Ace Combat games that have come out recently-ish, I've had a lot of fun with. And those definitely are not super realistic. Like, the cockpits are incredibly detailed. And, you know, the aircraft are detailed, but it's not super great flight models. But they're fun. It's fun to fly around in an F-18 or an F-22 and they give you like a hundred missiles, so they're like not even trying to be realistic there. So <laughs> yeah, and those are those are fun. Yeah, and I agree that the the gaming ones to me are are you know the ones that I'll, I'll gravitate to. If it's trying to be, uh, you know, just talking to you on this mm-hmm. podcast, I've, it's occurred to me that why haven't I downloaded DCS and or yeah. bought it and tried it? You know, why that seems to be the premier. The thing that everybody talks about these days is being the you know greatest aircraft simulation, and, and I think the answer is because I'm I'm ruined. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm broken in that area. Yeah. I don't I I can't if it's trying to be a high fidelity flight simulator. I'm going to compare it to to what we have at work, right. and it's just that's not fair. And it's you know nobody has those kind of resources uh, and not. time to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to to you know perfect a, a simulation like that. Um, yeah, it's it's so I I don't even I almost don't even want to mm-hmm. want to try it. I do want to see Microsoft's Flight Simulator just for the 
just for the visuals yeah. and the graphic and you know the graphics. I I think that's uh, a leap ahead in many ways that I'm excited to to get a hold of and look at. But yep, the gaming stuff uh, I think is is where I'll probably always land. Agreed. Definitely. I think I should mention in that game. I went to a Super Hornet as soon as I could because, of course. But they had something where, you know, you took off from a carrier. And I was like, oh, sweet. Am I going to land on a carrier? And you do. It lets you land on a carrier. And it's really, really hard to do on a game controller. And I was getting so mad. <laughs> I was like, I know I could do this in our Sims. But, one, it threw me off because they give you, like, it looks like a, like an F-16 HUD for the F-18, which is already weird. I don't know. And it gives you sort of an ILS, but the ILS is just boxed to the center. It's not tied to the velocity vector or anything like that. So that was something else that was incredibly distracting. And then Ugh. the power was all wrong. I literally had to hold the decelerate button the entire way down, which absolutely <laughs> drove me crazy. Well, should we, should we say a, a word or two about you know, modeling a carrier landing. Yes, we should. Uh, task. Yes, that's a good segue. <laughs> it's, yeah, it it's is not easy. There's a whole lot that goes into exactly. landing our aircraft about carrier. That at all. No, that's not a primary function of our job versus other military branches landing on a carrier. So, so right. what goes what goes into right. a carrier and, landing? Well, I, first I want to say you know the kind of the holy grail of, well, it's not holy grail. The areas that are a challenge to simulate are in our in our genre, in our field of view, field of work mm. aerial refueling mm -hmm. carrier landings I probably the top yes. two that just you, it's really really hard to do well and I'd put number three as ground handling models <laughs> oh gosh yeah that's but so the reasons for those are are probably um mainly due to lack of depth perception and uh force feedback yeah motion like feedback. Motion, motion feedback yeah feel mm -hmm. feel i guess and depth perception people will point out hey why don't you just use vr and yeah that will give you depth perception but i don't think the vr is quite there in terms of resolution right that way that our current visual system yeah. is yeah so right now we're preferring, or we're 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 saying that the resolution is more important than the depth perception, and for most cases that's true. But I don't know that that tide could be turning, right? The the technology is coming along, and that you know any day now we might expect to throw on some VR goggles to do aero refueling or maybe carrier landing. I don't know. Um, the other the I would say the carrier landing problem of modeling is more less depth perception and more a lack of feel. Mm -hmm. And because they're they're flying an approach that requires them to uh, center center the ball on the lens, you know, the center of the ball on the datums, and and fly a very very precise glide slope. The point, you know, the the goal is to not deviate from that glide slope. Well, if you start to deviate from the glide slope, say you get a disturbance or or a, an errant input, you'll feel that first. And then you'll see the results of it. Right. Um, in terms of the ball moving. Well, in the sim, we can't feel anything, so you have to wait till you see it. And now yeah, you're already you're behind, late. Yeah, you're behind that and, curve already. 
and you're behind and now you're playing catch up the whole entire approach and 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 that just it makes it so much harder and to the point where you know pilots are not really claiming any kind of simulator training for ball flying mm-hmm. that's not even in the fleet trainers you know any any high super high fidelity trainer that the navy has to my knowledge has not been certified to count right as as an approach to a ship, you know, uh, uh, you know, to count as training for flying the ball, they still got to do that in the aircraft, aircraft, either at the field, or at the practice, boat. or at the ship. For real. and that doesn't even touch on things like air wake, so the air that gets disturbed by the island of a carrier or the burble, which is uh, more air interaction off the back of the ship. You know, flight sims most of the time won't even pretend to do any of that stuff. At the time, they don't even put the ball in. Because you're not going to have the fidelity right. to be able to see that when it matters. And yeah, I think the Ace Combat games didn't even bother with that. They didn't bother with really having anything like uh, the Velocity Vector, which will show you where your airplane is actually going. That wasn't realistic at all, which when you're up in the air is fine. No. But when you're trying to land on a carrier that's going nine degrees away from the direction you're landing, which was another thing, they started you at... Uh, almost BRC, which is the, the course of the aircraft carrier, rather than down the angle deck. Oh, down the angle. I saw, oh, or on, yeah, on the angle. It was awful. Jeez. It was, uh, producer Kyle was endlessly making fun of me as I'm trying to do this on stream. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this well for many, many reasons that are totally not my fault. <laughs> Even if that sounds like I'm making excuses. <laughs> it's also a really, really hard task. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this special edition of the podcast. I really appreciate your input and your insight to this. So to kind of give a a background into a game that we were talking about recently and just kind of a a, a genre that I know I enjoy a ton to kind of let people know maybe some of the nuts and bolts that, you know, may or may not go into some of these flight sim games. Yep. Thanks. It was fun. Thanks for having us. So that'll just about do it for the first edition of Chris's Tech Talk. We're hoping to try to pepper these episodes in every once in a while since there's a whole lot of technical content out there that we'd love to talk about, but we don't really have the time to do it in a regular episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to tune in to the regular podcast on all the usual podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Android, whatever. If you want to drop us a line, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Twitch at GWGWShow. That's games we grew up with. Big thanks again to our guests Steve Naylor and Steve Moss, and as always to our producers, since we couldn't do this without them. So I guess it's time to say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Wait, what? This is going to be an editing nightmare. <laughs>